Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey, baby, Grom, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Okay, let's, let's, let's enjoy the mess. Catch me outside, how about that? Huh? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? Let's get messy tonight, huh? This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. It is now a time to trend and starting things off. Jacksonville Jaguars assistant strength coach Kevin Maxson just came out as gay in what is believed to be a first for a male coach in major men's pro sports in the United States. He made the announcement in an interview with OutSports on Thursday saying he's ready to live his truth without worrying about revealing his sexuality any longer. He consulted NFL free agent Carl Nassib, who came out in 2021, for some advice about the process, explaining he wanted to help build acceptance of the LGBTQ plus members in sports. And when asked about how the team will react, he believes it will not be an issue as long as he continues to do his job. He said, I have a pretty good sense of humor and that a lot of guys I can joke with and not take anything personally. So, uh, and I had a little bit of experience while I was in college. I had a couple of teammates that we knew uh, were of the LGBTQ Q plus community and we didn't have a problem with it that was our brothers and if anybody would have had something to say about it then it would have been an issue and I think that you know kudos for him to uh coming out living his truth and I do think that it's not going to be an issue at the job for him you know how football teams are everybody is fair game as far as getting picked on but I'm not I don't think anything will be malicious and I, I think it should be all good. I mean, when you're on a team and you're working towards a common goal, everybody's family. And as long as he's a good guy and treats people with respect, I feel like he should get the same. And I hope I'm not speaking at a turn with anything that I'm missing. But when Carl Nassib came out, this was something that was pretty accepted by everybody within the NFL community. It would bounce around to a couple of different teams. And when Carl Nassib would make a play, because he's a pretty damn good rotational pass rusher, mm-hmm. not a starter, but somebody that absolutely deserves a spot on the team. We didn't hear anything about... Uh, anything about him coming out it was just all about his football production which even if Carl Nassib chose to make it something about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community that was his choice and not anything that he had to respond to with some kind of vitriol which was really nice to see and the last thing for me to say something on this Mm -hmm. it is nice to see the owner Shad Khan who was vocal and emphatic supporter of a city ordinance that expanded protections on the grounds of sexual orientation gender identity and gender expression the owner putting his support towards the coach here that is coming out in uh, Kevin Maxson. That's fantastic. So it's good to see the support. And it, it what's great about this too, Wes, is that coach Maxson does feel the respect from everybody in that organization that he feels he can live his truth right now. And listen, at the end of the day, man, all guys care about, especially in that profession in sports is can you ball or can you coach? And if this guy can help guys get better, help them stay off of the field with injuries and things of that nature, Nobody's going to trip about that type of stuff. So moving on, Josh Harris completes purchase of the Commanders. The NFL approved the sale of the Washington Commanders. Daniel Snyder's run as league owner, as the team's owner, is now over. Roger Goodell said all of the Shields team 
unanimously rubber-stamped the deal on Thursday afternoon, making Philadelphia 76ers owner Josh Harris, as well as his partners Magic Johnson and David Blitzer, D.C.'s new honchos. And I was telling you walking the fishbowl, I forgot that Magic was a part of this team because they haven't really spoken about it or made it that big of a deal. They initially struck a deal to buy the Commanders for $6.05 billion. Back in April, making it the most expensive franchise purchase in sports history. But coming out, and of even more note, Irvin Magic Johnson told the Today Show that another team name change is a possibility. He said, I think everything's on the table, especially after this year, Magic said. And he said, we'll see where we are with the name, but I can't say for sure right now that it will or will not be changed. And the remarks came after today host Craig Melvin suggested many fans express their displeasure with the selection of the commander's nickname. So what I would love to see, and I saw Don Van Nata of ESPN put this out there as well. I believe he had the report, if I'm not mistaken. I apologize to that person who did if it wasn't Van Nata. But he made a good point is if they change the name from the commanders to Team X or whatever, that actually might be badass. That's actually like Powder Puff, the chemical, Chemical X, Team X <laughs> rolling in. That would be sweet. But if they changed the commander's name, that would be the last of any imprint that Snyder has on that organization after you change from the old name to now what is the Washington Commanders and then the Commanders to something else, man, that would be great because you don't want to remember. It doesn't mean that we can ignore what took place within that organization, all the wrongdoing, but the fact that you would get rid of anything that he had a part of changing the name or his imprint that was viewed as any kind of positive because there wasn't many, that would be great for the fans, I think. So, And I'd welcome a new name change, man. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the Commanders nickname anyway so if you came up with something different i think that'd be cool i'm a fan of yeah and so i was thinking the same thing as far as when it came out you know what i said yesterday about teams getting new names and when you first hear it it feels a little awkward but then once you get used to hearing it enough you get used to it i'm starting to get used to commanders but i could see them uh changing this thing up again and i was just thinking about how much throwback gear that teams or that fans of the Washington team will have with so many different name changes, man. It's like, which one do you want to choose today? Well, what, what's interesting, too, about this is I know fans of the Washington football team slash Washington commanders slash whatever they're going to be next that refuse to be team or refuse to be fans of Washington anymore because of a lot of what was going on with Washington. Yeah. It's just like, look, Dan Snyder, despicable human being. He's never put the franchise in a great spot. And so now when we move on from him, I wonder how many fans they get back. I do wonder if you are going to get more fans of Washington after Dan Snyder is done, just because I know so many people that can't stand him as their franchise's owner. Well, we know that DMV area also. They love to call it Charm City, and we know they have a large African-American fan base, so I know the magic factor is going to play very well around there too. So I do think that they'll get a lot of fans back, especially I wonder if they'll outsource the name to the fans and then choose or maybe have a vote or do something like that, because I think that would be a smart thing to do. Coach Polly said the Washington Red Wolves, that would be, I guess, something that goes alongside their history, as well as 803 writing in Washington football team was a great name. 
I know there was. I liked it too. There, so you're one of them. Fitty, were you one of the people that actually thought Washington football team was pretty cool and giving them a soccer-like name? Yeah, I mean, I'd kind of come around to just, because I always just called them Washington anyway. Like, as a Cowboy fan, like, we're playing Washington this week. So, like, it didn't bother me that they no longer had a nickname. Yeah, bother is the wrong word to use for me. I was always more of a fan of some nickname belonging to the franchise, but I did not see that coming once they changed it to Washington football team in the interim. There are a lot of people that just wanted it to be that generic, something different. No other NFL team had it. So maybe they do decide to go to that. It has enough backing. I've just always been more of a fan of the nickname. I thought it was pretty cool, too, and I wonder if they do get the new nickname, will they change the uniforms because they just had a uniform change recently so i wonder if they'll i know the color scheme will stay the same but will they change it or will they just slap another nickname on it so we'll see uh how that goes and then we talked about boxing the terrence crawford errol spence fight but draymond green and jordan Poole still going at it in the media draymond said earlier this week uh to bleacher report that he doesn't just hit people dialogue of course or on the pat beverly podcast excuse me he said, I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. And you usually ain't just triggered by something that fast. We know, we know stuff you don't say amongst men. And then Jordan Poole's dad came out to defend him, called it BS, said that JP was his guy talking about Draymond. And he avoided him all last year talking about Draymond avoiding him, Jordan Poole's dad called him a couple of names that I can't say over these airways <laughs> and then said that he was standing on this and he didn't apologize to him or his wife. So he called him lame and said that he can meet him anytime he wants. Draymond came back and said, that's so cute. It's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a year champ. I got to get my family from that family room every game and stop using those words. They usually don't go over well against men. There he is with that that champ, one of those names we said that can be oh, a little demeaning. Yeah. The disrespectful, champ. like, oh, hey, what champ. do you mean by that? Yeah, <laughs> partner. Yeah, yeah. And so then Jordan Poole, he also put out kind of a cryptic message, just kind of giving some subliminals, letting people know that he was alluding to what's going on and that he's being talked about and that he hears everything. So, I mean, what do you think about this? Because I think Draymond... He's just one of those guys that, as I said, he's an in-your-face confrontational type of guy. But I do buy into the fact that this wasn't just triggered by an isolated incident. And we've seen the report saying that a lot of the Warriors did not get down with Jordan Poole like that. Yeah. And I think that Poole was probably saying a lot of stuff to a lot of people and Draymond being the big brother that he is. Because, listen, Trey, uh, uh, Stephen Curry's not going to go hit anybody like that. But but even so, you're, you're right. Yeah. It was indirect, though. I remember watching an interview with Steph Curry where he was t- it was in the last couple of weeks or so, and he talked about they need to get back to the way that they played successfully getting themselves to the championship. And Jordan Poole got paid a ton of money after they did go to the finals, and Jordan Poole was a big part of that, really helped them winning their championship. But also Jordan Poole would just let it fly and not play within the confines of the organized chaos that was the Warriors' offense. I think indirectly, Steph Curry was probably referring to Jordan Poole. Not so indirectly, Draymond Green has referred to Jordan <laughs> Poole. But there clearly also wasn't a great relationship, and that's why they it was a salary dump with this Chris Paul thing. This Jordan Poole trade 
was to get off all of that money that they decided to pay him. A year later, the value was diminished. They wanted to get off all of it to try to create more cap space, and then eventually they welcomed Chris Paul. But imagine a younger guy that you thought was going to help bridge the old era into the new, and then you get off of him for, like, what, second-round picks, something that is considered a salary dump. The other thing I'll say, it reminds me a little bit of the Jay-Z Nas beef. Your mama can't save you this time when (laughs) Jordan Poole's dad gets into the mix. It's never great. You never really want the parents to get into the mix all that much if they start to defend you, in my opinion. No, I'm with you 100%, (laughs) especially being a a young guy making that kind of Skrilla. And to close things out, Jordan Addison was cited Thursday morning for speed and reckless driving after an officer clocked him driving 140 miles per hour on a freeway just outside of St. Paul, according to an incident report from the Minnesota State Patrol. Now, luckily, nothing happened, no crashes or anything like that. But he was not arrested and the investigation into the incident is on going so i mean this guy just not thinking young guy out there probably in a lamborghini as they said a lamborghini urus my favorite luxury car out there going 140 miles i don't know if he was happy to have it and decided to test it out because he got a nice bag to go to usc i would have thought he would be used to driving a lamborghini urus already Hmm. with the money i'm sure that he got at usc but in minnesota drivers who are cited for speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour can have their licenses revoked for at least six months not to mention that insurance is going to go through the roof i just don't want to see these guys speed anymore after we saw kirby smart talk about this at sec media days considering everything going around georgia and now right after that no it's not a georgia prospect or a georgia guy that was drafted but you're still seeing it it's unfortunate man you hope that these guys aren't speeding to dangerous speeds vikings rookies are due to report to training camp sunday veterans report next tuesday and the first on-field work is set for wednesday and jordan addison missed most of the team's offensive program because of a minor injury and he is set to compete for a starting role beside Justin Jefferson but the Vikings also deployed three wide receivers so he's definitely a guy they're going to be counting on they cannot be happy uh, about this the way things are starting off with him but when we return on the Wesson Walker Show team week continues Appalachian State is the team of this week and we're going to have some final predictions we're going to go over the schedule what's the final record where do they finish in the conference all that and more when we return to the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ McDonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Oh, Anthony with a good piece, the Michigan Wolverines! 
heart breaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. Are you guys ready to run through a brick wall? Yeah! You ready to go out there and win the Bourbon Bowl in the second half? Yeah! I went to Waterboy right there. Bobby, <laughs> you sound you sound like Pastor Troy. <laughs> yeah! I used to listen to it to get me hyped. It's the second time. I, we bring up Pastor Troy. I'm going to take a guess. I think we could get him on the show. Probably more than any other, maybe even just radio show in the country. Not even just sports show. I'm going to say we bring up Pastor Troy more than any other radio show, even hip-hop radio show, period. Well, he's one of my favorites all time, so I definitely... Uh, you are ready to fight right now. Yeah, I man. feel like that is Popeye's spinach to anybody that listens to it. Oh, for sure. You just listen to that, and you're ready to go. You're ready to fight like three weight classes up and probably win that match. I remember I played my friend when I was at Full Sail. He was from, um, oh, I forget which island he was from. It was one of those tropical islands. And I played him Pastor Choice. I like that too. I played him uh, Pastor Choice's first album. And I remember he said, I mean, this was raw Pastor Choice. Mm -hmm. We ready, 100, uh, all those stuff. And he said, I've never heard anybody so angry. He's so angry. He's so mad all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And this was the album before that, the very first one. I think he was selling those out of his trunk. And he's like, man, I never heard anybody so angry. Um, am I getting my mystical and Pastor Troy mixed in a little bit? You might have a little bit of a hybrid. Yeah. Mystical Troy. Uh, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> maybe Pastor Mystical. Maybe yeah, Pastor Mystical. There you go. <laughs> That's what we'll roll with. All right, before we get to Team Week 2, I'm sorry, App State. You got to hold off a little bit because we got a response on a story when I was talking about J.C. Horn. I went to the foul line because I was defending J.C. Horn. I was defending J.C. Horn's awful rating on Madden. That came in, I believe, at an 83, right, Wes? Yes. 83. It's still bad. Yeah, I thought that was low, too, man. I'm liable to go to the foul line again, but I'm not going to do it for the sake of the intro already playing. But J.C. Horn should have been a top, maybe even 10 corner, to be honest with you. I'd have been cool with that. I'd have put him in the top 10. That's fine with me. But nowhere outside the top 20. And so you filmed. You've been doing this when anybody goes to the foul line. You put us on the camera. You put it on social media. Mm -hmm. You put it on the gram. Mm -hmm. You tagged J.C. Horn in my defense of J.C. being ranked too low. In that defense, I did say you had a bad game against Detroit or something like that. Uh And I was just going according to PFF. Because PFF credits J.C. Horn as giving up five receptions on five targets for 94 yards. It's a lot. But PFF might have a different definition than everybody else evaluating the game, including one J.C. But you put it out there. You tagged him. J.C. responded, Wes. He said, he BSing though. I gave up one catch for 20 yards versus Detroit. I'm sorry, J.C. He did give three laughing face emojis. He so did. maybe he meant it at all fun because I'm actively defending him as much as possible. But, J.C., I just want to tell you, I apologize. I didn't watch the film before I said that, so maybe I'm wrong. I was just going according to PFF. But if you have a problem, 
go to PFF, and I'll apologize too, but make sure you tag PFF as well because I was just going based off their box. Yeah, board. and call in because all that means to me is we are lit, okay? <laughs> and if you want to get JC a little hyped as well, that's what I would do if I was his teammate. I'd walk up and I'd get right in his ear and i say, JC, they got AJ Terrell rated higher than you. Are you kidding me? Hey, JC, you know what PFF has you going for against Detroit, right? Five targets, right. five receptions. Right. You gave up 90 yards. 90 yards? Yeah. What are you doing? I thought you were shut down. This, I guess not. This is like Mark Jackson and Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. the hype man. Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. Fitty's Knicks. Beating them down. Fantastic. I just had to get a shot at you, Fitty. <laughs> 704-570-9610. Feel free to get involved in the conversation as we continue and end the App State portion of our Team Week theme. Let's go over the schedule, Wes. Just like last time with ECU, we'll break these schedules down into four-game increments, and it's a big one for App State to start with. You have a game at home against Gardner-Webb, on the road against North Carolina, at home against ECU, and then you're going out west on the road against Wyoming. Those are the first four games of the season. I have them going 3-1 and one to start the year. I'm going to have Woo! them beating Gardner-Webb. I have them losing on the road to North Carolina. I This is where it's going to get a little dicey. It's going to be tough for me to keep track of my records that I had for other teams. I don't remember if I had ECU beating App State or losing to them. But I've got App State beating ECU now. I've changed my mind a week later if I did have ECU winning. App State wins at home, 3.30 kickoff, and then I think they win on the road the next week against Wyoming. Three and one start to the season, Wes. Am I being too optimistic, or is that about right for you? Uh, That's about right for me as well, because I've got them beating Gardner-Webb. I got them losing to the Tar Heels, beating East Carolina, and beating Wyoming. Okay, so you've got them off to a three and one start. App State moving and grooving, three and one in the first quarter of the season. The next games on the road against Louisiana Monroe, and then it gets tough. They have a home game against Coastal Carolina on the road again against Old Dominion, and then at home against Southern Miss. Wes, I think they're going to beat Louisiana Monroe on the road again. I would concur. At uh, against Coastal, it's going to be in Boone. It's going to be a monster game because I think you're going to have App State roll in with only one loss and that coming to a Power Five con- uh, Power Five program on the road. Only one loss against Coastal that night. I think they suffered their second loss. Coastal's going to be great this I year. I got that. I got that as well. Grayson McCall coming back. Plus, they just have a whole lot of skill position. You love what they're going to do with Tim Beck coming over as a head coach as well. Yeah, man. I like Coastal Carolina this year. I think they get it done, even if it is on the road for the Chanticleers. But they have a nice bounce back game against ODU, who is projected to finish last in the division this upcoming season. So I do think they bounce back. They get that win against ODU. And I think they get another win. Southern Miss, I told you, this whole week, I expect App State to get things back on track after a 500 season. So that's another 3-1 and one record that I have. I have them 6-2 and two at the first 60% portion of the year. And with that said, too, I want to call out App State fans. I haven't Uh-oh. seen a lot of production from you guys on the text line. Now, come on now. You Not guys as love, busy as ECU. You guys love to come to weight games and talk about how you're the real black and gold, but you really can't tell the difference because it's yellow. You're not gold, <laughs> but you guys have been 
real quiet. Is it because you went six and six that we're not hearing a lot from you guys right now? You want to be quiet. Then once you get a win, especially if you beat Carolina, good Lord, the text lines will be flooded. We won't hear enough from you. But, Clown show. Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to give that quick little uh, okay, call know, them out. Quick little shot. To call them out. The App State fans who love to talk so much trash, but I've got them going three and one as well. Got them losing to Coastal, so I'm right with you so far. All right, so you have them at six and two. Yep. At this portion, the Southern Miss game is the interesting one there. That's probably a little coastal similar kind of coastal, ranked team. Yeah, coastal and Southern Miss, but I I think they lose to coastal, but I think they do beat Southern Miss as we just stated. All right, let's go to the last four games of the season: at home against Marshall, on the road against Georgia State, on the road against James Madison, at home against Georgia Southern. West, this is an amazing end. This is kind of the bookend type schedule for App State. Tough one at the beginning, tough one at the end, perhaps in the middle, but not even really, man. I mean, honestly, Coastal, as we mentioned, that's going to be a tough matchup there. So I am going to go with App State to beat Marshall at home. And Marshall is predicted to finish second in the division this upcoming season. I just think App State having another contest at home. I don't think they're going to lose both of the big games to Coastal and Marshall at Kid Brewer. I think they're going to be hungry after a loss to Coastal in this hypothetical scenario. So they get the job done here. I think they win against Georgia State as well. The James Madison and Georgia Southern games I'm having trouble with. Because James Madison's going to be good again this year too. So if you have James Madison... Finishing towards the top of the conference and Georgia Southern being just a rival game in App State, they're one to struggle with them as well. I've got them splitting that one. So they have a loss to James Madison on the road. Okay. I'm going to have them finishing with the victory. So three and one, three and one, three and one, baby. I've got them nine and three this year. That's what I'm going to roll with. What say you on their overall schedule? I've got them losing to Marshall. Okay. Then I've got them beating Georgia Southern, taking the L to James Madison, and then getting that get back, getting that lick back against Georgia Southern. So I've got them finishing eight and four on the year, a tick below you. Okay. Eight and four, nine and three. Either way. I think a pretty solid year for App State, given the 500 record. And I think, I don't know, I would love to hear from App State fans. 704-570-9610. If our schedule predictions come as true (laughs) and Wes has them going with eight wins, I have them winning nine games. Would you be happy if you got eight or nine wins this season? Fiddy, what say you? Let's get an outsider perspective from inside the Planet Kia Studios with us predicting the schedule. Do you think that App State fans would be pleased with an eight or nine win season? What are they doing with in terms of their conference championship? Like, are, like, are they getting there? Are they are they winning the conference title? Are they getting there and losing? Like, in my opinion, if, if they're nine and three, I don't know how you could be upset about that. And even like even eight and four, like if this is a reset year and you, and you go eight and four, you, you know, you got you still got a chance to win nine games. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with that. Um, but, I mean, we, we've seen this fan base very restless with Sean Clark after the up and down year they experienced last year. Yeah, I would expect them to be happy with this, right, Wes, if they finish with eight or nine wins? Yeah, I think so, too, especially with the new quarterback, all the turnover on defense. I could see that all day. Uh, Pilot Mike said, I just text in, come on, Wes, play that intro again. It's got me pumped up driving to the airport. Hey, safe travels, Pilot Mike. He also gave a prediction, 10-2, and two, they knock off UNC, and they lose one that they should win, accounting for a 10-2 and two record. 
the problem is, or not even a problem, thing with them trying to predict the schedule, I, I guess I could see it. I, I think the defensive coordinator hire in Sloan bringing him back is going to be a big deal. I, I don't know, Wes, am I putting too much into that? I just think that the secondary, he's done wonders with secondaries in the past, yeah. and they have a pretty talented secondary. Even if you have questions at cornerback, you have a transfer that's going to come in and bring you that experience. Ross is going to be a stud in the secondary. I know the pass rush is a little questionable right now, but I don't think it's outright bad. They're a little young at the linebacker spot. I just think the defense isn't going to be as bad as it was last year. I think Berger, who to me is projected to be the QB, but there still is a battle kind of like the ECU thing that we have. You have a favorite, but it still will be a legitimate battle. I just think that App State will come back. They will win enough games to satisfy the App State fans. And I do think there's enough talent on both sides of the ball to where you can be a very nice running team with enough accuracy throwing downfield, and the defense will hold up strong enough. Well, we know that that defense was adept last year forcing fumbles, but they need to be able to get better at getting those turnovers, getting their hands on the football, getting interceptions. As I talked about uh, earlier this week, they were dead last in the conference in interceptions, only had seventh. But the problem is, when you look at this defense they were 12th and third down conversion defense got to get better there eighth in sacks by and ninth and defensive efficiency that so that worries me a little bit i think they're going to play a lot of games like what they played last year high scoring arena football type of games but uh i think that this team will still have enough just off of pedigree i'm giving them a lot of love off yeah. of uh, pedigree and what they've been matters that matters and plus with sloan once again you mentioned the lack of interceptions sloan what he does when he takes over a defense is he forces you to turn the ball over yeah and i think that's a big deal especially with what we talk about with the defensive back unit mike from Monroe said, I think eight or nine wins will be a good turnaround from last year. App is out for blood against Chapel Hill. We beat them at their house before. What say you on that text, Fiddy? Yeah, um, it's, it's it's UNC to you. It's not it's not Chapel Hill, Mike from Monroe. <laughs> um, so here's my thing. If if we lose at home to this for the second time in five years to, to Appalachian State, I'll probably go off the deep end and, and officially fire Mike uh, Mac Brown. Oh no! You couldn't beat us last year at home in a, in a game that was built for y'all to win. You think you're going to come to Chapel Hill and, and beat Drake May? Now is North Carolina as good as they were last year? Though that's the question. I think they're kind of where they were a, a year ago. I think they're, uh, depending on what the defense is, like Drake's going to put up at least 40-45 on them. It's, 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 can you hold them under that? I just don't see them coming there and beating beating Drake. I don't either. I think it'll be a good game just because App will play with that, uh, just that chip on their shoulder playing against an in-state team. I think neither one of these teams will have shut down defenses. So I think that's going to be the name of the game, much like last year. Maybe not as high scoring. But I think it's going to be a good game. But I think Carolina comes out on top. All right, top. some more texts coming in. Rather be golfing. 9-3 sounds acceptable for the Mountaineers to me, considering last season's disappointing result. You uh, see my mom snuck in a text. Oh, there. no, what'd she say? What'd she say? I'm scrolling. Uh, Fonda, Ms. Fonda wrote in. I apologize. That's Ms. Fonda to me. App State fans aren't calling because they are just learning how to use a phone. 
<laughs> you can't expect much when their fans don't know the difference between gold and yellow. Yeah. Yeah, we just talked about moms getting in the fight. Miss <laughs> Bryan getting in the fight against that. You can State see why fans. I get the trash talking. That's from, right, folks. That's right. Uh, Jason from Lenore has a game he wants to highlight. He says App State versus Wyoming starts at 7 p.m., while Ohio State versus Notre Dame kicks off at 7.30. Sorry, but I'll be watching the Irish upset another top five after knocking off Clemson Ooh. and South Bend last It's going to be a good game. Mm. Which one? Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, that is one. it at though? South Bend? Yeah, I think because it's at South Bend. Well, this is the difference in opinion between you two on Marcus Freeman. You I like think, Marcus Freeman a lot. You don't believe in Marcus Freeman taking over for Brian Kelly? Not not in terms of him. Ele- like, do I think he's going to elevate them past what Brian Kelly did, which was taking them to the playoff and national title games and the like? No, I don't. I think he's going to take them to the playoffs, but I think he's going to run into the same problem Brian Kelly did. You just don't have enough up front, mm-hmm. especially defensively in that interior, to compete with the SEC teams and the Clemsons of the world. Maybe I'm an idiot. I still believe before it's said and done, Urban Meyer will coach Notre Dame. <laughs> it still won't matter. Whoa. Coming in with yeah. Urban Meyer. Their, their academics in this era of college football, their academics limit them too much. Well, I mean, they're still able to. Yeah, you know, Brian Kelly, like I said, not a fan of the guy, but not gonna, you know, not gonna hedge on him being a very good coach. Seven oh four said new QB, lame duck coach for App. Not optimistic. That's Kyle <laughs> from Davidson. So yeah, Kyle from Davidson, not optimistic about App. I am. So I gave some love. I know Charlotte fans aren't happy with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got to call it like I see it. Yeah, I think Big T from NC said that my mom is confusing App State fans with Western Carolina fans. So <laughs> oh, it's getting a little nasty in there. Getting a little nasty in there. Yeah, cover your ears, Smoke. She doesn't mean it. Big T doesn't mean it. It's all about App State. Um, all right, that'll do it for Team Week. Maybe we can give some final thoughts at the end as well if other App State fans want to text in at 704-570-9610. Time now, though, to go to the Fitty Flash. What you got, Fitty? We're going to go back to the Open Championship where Brian Harmon, of course, still leads at 10 under for the day. Tommy Fleetwood, he's four under, six off the pace. Jordan Spieth is back to three under, so he is seven off the pace. Roy McIlroy is looking to end a nine-year major drought. He's one under for the tournament, nine off the lead. And I'm looking for my guy, Boring Brooks Kepka. He's all the way back hmm. now. He's one under, nine off the lead back with Wyndham Clark as well. So um, it looks like we're going to have a, a pretty decent leaderboard as, as we, we get into the weekend and what will be the last major of the golf season. All right. That'll do it for another scoreboard update at the Open Championship. Coming up next, it's Flashback Friday. What took place a few years ago on July 21st? Well, we'll remind you on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. You ain't got no job. Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert. Prepare to time travel. Let's go back in time to July 21st, 2021. Mac Brown speaking with the media. Fiddy, I know you are ready for some Mac Brown quotes. I know you like the guy and what he has to say about, I don't know, things like the upcoming schedule, the season ahead, everything that Mac Brown has to say. He once again reiterating an issue that he had been talking about to that point. But the leading topic of the day for me was his discussion about needing a college football commissioner. Do you remember this conversation Mac Brown was pleading about? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were doing your Heel Tough blog during those days. Yep. Do you remember writing about this yourself, and what were your thoughts then and now? I know I know, we talked about it um, because I, I do think – I think college football for sure needs – a commissioner of some sorts. I th- I think college basketball needs one as well. The ironic part about it is, you know who'd be a great guy for the gig? Who's that? Would be Mac Brown, but, you know, you chose to get back into coaching and you wanted to change lives and win games. And you've done that. You've changed lives and you've won games. You've also complained more than me and my mother combined, and that's saying a lot. I like the way you said it, and you wanted to get back into coaching and change lives and win games. Whoop-de-doo, Basil. And it was like, yo, that's that's pretty cool from Coach Brown, though. But, yeah, being a commissioner, that's what he wants. Some, he wants somebody to take that responsibility. Do you remember talking about this at all with the ACC Digital Network? Yeah, no doubt about it, man. But you're not going to get me to say much bad about Matt Brown <laughs> know, besides the fact that he coaches North Carolina, but I think 50 is just another ungrateful Carolina fan. A man takes your program to the ACC championship, but that's not enough for you, though. You think you need to be in the college football playoffs every year? Um, By the way, there was plenty more uh, (laughs) COVID fallout as well happening in 2021, just trying to figure out the schedule. Max said each conference will come out with its own medical protocol. Every team will adhere to it. You won't be allowed to play a team from another conference, remember this, unless they also adhere to those protocols likelihood the protocol works we were asking that question big 10 pac 12 making conference only schedule decisions what a weird time Mm. college football was in for that 2020 year of course every time it was all sorts of weird stuff going on in the world college football just one of the entities suffering from some of those decisions but then even the year after the only conference schedules that the commissioners would put in place for the pac 12 in the big 10 how much do you remember that and did you get a sense of it not feeling the same or did you still feel like college football was relatively close to what it was in 2019 and before i was so glad to have football because i was so nervous they weren't going to play the season thinking about your jobs what was going to happen with that but just i I was excited that, that trevor lawrence and many other great athletes justin fields and the crew led the charge to get this thing going so i was fine with it i mean no crowd was a little bit weird yeah to get used to but man i didn't care as long as i had games on the field i was straight do you remember the only conference schedules imposed? Oh, I do. And doesn't that time feel – it doesn't feel like it was three years ago. 
I know, it's crazy. I mean, it, it feels like this was a decade, decade and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carolina benefited from it because, you know, when, when they went to that schedule, it played a role in them making a New Year's Six Bowl game that year. It did. Uh, because, you know, that they were supposed to open that year in Auburn or, or with Auburn and Georgia and stuff like that. So, um, it just feels like that was a long, long time ago. And in reality, it was two and a half years ago we kind of well, came out of it. Two years exactly with this comment as we are going in the time machine for Flashback Friday. Two years ago, those comments happened. Let's go all the way back to 2019 discussing the all or nothing premiere on Amazon. Do you remember this? The documentary and the hard knock style doc. Great about the Carolina Panthers. And so this was hitting just like the Blueprint series is right now. In fact, the Blueprint series that we're getting from Carolina, it's really the first thing about them behind the scenes with any kind of cinematography compared to what All or Nothing was. And that was pretty good. Moments that I remember, Ron Rivera cursing up a storm. Yes. Towards everybody. And my favorite moment is Cam Newton and Luke Keekley talking to Josh Norman ahead of their matchup against Washington mm-hmm. and Josh Norman felt and was and thought that Cam Newton accidentally uh, you know let one of their injuries go I forget what he was talking about but jo- but Cam and Luke were playing a joke on Josh Norman like Cam accidentally let Josh Norman know about one of the injuries on the squad and they were laughing behind the scenes while Josh Norman thought that they were real about it that was a pretty cool documentary that they put out there if you want to call it that blueprints great as well but we can remember four years ago now when that thing I love the all or nothing. I went back and watched it again recently. I think it was a few months back. I went back and binged through it as Did well. You really? Yeah, man, it was great. I mean, all the cam content, every time he was on screen, it was dope. Showing him riding through the city on his scooter, coming into practice at the very beginning. The Christian McCaffrey joke was so funny uh, that he told about the man getting on the hot air balloon, uh, I think, with his I, wife or something I like that. I barely remember that one. That yes, was pretty yeah. funny. Um, and so it, it was just a very interesting doc- documentary. Antonio Brown lighting them up when they went to play Pittsburgh and yeah. all this. Like, it was just great all the way around. I, I couldn't get enough of that. Well, and there was one moment that I put in here, Dante Jackson not being happy. I, yes. I, you remember the Dante Jackson The guy's Jackson trying moment. to talk to him and stuff, and yeah. he was being kind of arrogant, and they were trying to tell him stuff to help him out. So, you had a couple of those moments. I just love the Luke Keekley and Cam Newton. What was it, like Chipotle they had catered to him or something like that? They were eating? Something. They were just hanging out, watching, and talking with Josh Norman on speakerphone. Uh, let's go back to 2018. We keep going back and back in the time machine here on Wes and Walker. Jordan Spieth falters late again. McElroy plays well. And we talked about another major championship, which I bring up Spieth because, man, this this stuff kind of comes full circle. Spieth is towards the top of the leaderboard right now, if I'm not mistaken, Fiddy. I know you've been giving us the updates. So Spieth has a real shot to win this Open Championship. We've seen great performances from him before in the Open Championship. Do you think this is a time where he can actually finish alongside what is good progress? We've seen him falter before. Yeah, I mean, right now he's seven off the pace, so he'll have to you yeah. know, make a comeback over the weekend. But... Yeah, because I, I look at I look at the, the the state of golf right now, and I think the the sport is healthy with all the PGA Live stuff, Tiger being absent, and all this type of stuff. I think when Jordan Spieth is on, he's I still think he's the best player in the game. I think he's the most talented golfer in the field, and it's interesting that you know whenever Rory had his stretch. We thought, okay, he was going to be on a run and maybe be a guy that could could challenge to win double-digit majors. He's gone nine years since, so, and now Spieth is in the midst. I think it's been 
seven years since his last major championship. I think golf as much as in, in any sports, when you get into a drought, the years kind of catch you by surprise because they'll still win tournaments. Like uh, Roy just won the Scottish Open the week before this Open Championship. But the only thing that matter are the majors, and it's been a while since Spieth or McIlroy won one. Uh, this is why I like doing this kind of stuff because it reminds me of some of the big stories, yet something that you probably wouldn't be remembering otherwise. In 2018, in the summer of 2018, we were having a conversation about whether the Panthers would bring back Thomas Davis. And eventually, Thomas Davis would leave. And in 2019, well, he'd play one more year for Carolina in 2018. And then 2019, he would eventually leave, play 16 games for the Chargers, play seven games for Washington in 2020 before he decided to finally hang him up. Moving on from Thomas Davis, we were trying to figure out the linebacker position at that point. We tried Jermaine Carter, not exactly a guy that could fill the shoes. And so that was really tough. And really, Frankie Louvu, that was the one that could come in and help Luke Keekley before, you know, Luke Keekley actually retired. We know about that story. And then it was Shaq Thompson moving in as the number one linebacker on the squad. But now, as much as you might not have the depth on this team, it's not awful, Wes. Luvu and Shaq Thompson, that's a pretty good start for at least an average to above average core. Yeah, that it is, man. And then you talk about Thomas Davis, just looking at him in that Chargers uniform, I barely even remembered I him. Know playing in that I do remember Washington a little bit more but it looks so weird seeing him in a different uniform but yeah I think the Panthers linebacking core right now uh, with the starters that they have it's a pretty solid group they just like anything can't afford any injuries but I think right now they, they've got a pretty solid linebacker core just got to find that fourth guy a lot of people expecting Brandon Smith at some point but we'll see if Brandon Smith can become a guy that lives up to some of that hype last one for me one of the more shocking stories that came in when I was watching ESPN in 2019, but remember, we're in 2018, so we're starting to set the stage here. Andrew Luck, good to go with no limitations in training camp in 2018. How long will it take before you buy into him being healthy? Would play one more year, and then remember, going into 2019, you see on the crawl, Adam Schefter reports, Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL one of the more bizarre stories and unexpected stories I can remember within the last decade. And the thing is, too, once you saw that one and then you saw Borland from San Francisco, him retiring, and then you thought, oh, no, and then Patrick Willis to add on to that, you you thought it was about to be a run of stars that were going to get their money and then end up retiring early because all of the concussion stuff that was going on and things of that nature. And Andrew Lux was probably the most jarring of them all. Well, thinking, we had the Luke Keekley thing to bring that. Exactly, yeah. yes. But I knew that like he kind of went out not on his own terms. Like, he just really couldn't play anymore with all the concussions he had sustained. So that wasn't as shocking. But, like, Andrew Luck, you felt like that this guy was going to be playing forever because we see quarterbacks play forever. And so uh, that was the one. But you really haven't seen it as much uh, lately, man. But when yeah. Andrew Luck retired, it was definitely a big deal. Yeah, I missed all of 2017 with an injured shoulder. Came back in 2018, played all 16 games. They went 10 and six. They go to the playoffs, 4,500 yards passing with 39 touchdown passes. I know a lot of people around here don't like Andrew Luck because he didn't want to play in Carolina because people will try to compare him to Cam Newton and say Andrew Luck is better. I'm not here to have that debate. I love Cam Newton. Man, Andrew Luck was awesome. Do you think if he I came he back? Great. Do you think if he came back, he'd be good? Uh, now, no. Have you seen him? The guy looks real thin. Yeah, but I'm saying if he got himself kind of like you know to work out, got himself added some weight and stuff, but do you think he could still be? Well, 
Before the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson, I'd know they'd love to find out. Remember, they were going against Washington when they thought the commanders were tampering with Andrew Luck, and there is a deal in place where if Luck decides to come back to the NFL, it's going to be with the Colts, and the Colts organization was mad at Washington, and they found that to not be true, that Washington, no, they did not tamper with Andrew. But yeah, man, if they didn't draft Anthony Richardson, I'm sure they'd welcome back Luck with open arms. I bet they'd still open Luck back with open arms. But this guy's reading. He's he's too busy, you know, chilling. <laughs> he's doing science experiments. Yeah. He, re- he weighs like what, 180 pounds now? Like he's real thin at 6'4". Like yeah. he, he does not look because he was a brute. He was strong at the QB Big spot. Big quarterback. Yeah, I think if he came back, man, I think it wouldn't take long to knock the rust off. I don't know if he could get back to the level he once was, but, yeah, it would be interesting to see. I mean, now you're talking about 2018 being the last year he played. It's yeah. a long time. So, yeah, and I, like I said, I don't think he has any interest in coming back and playing. All right, let's move on. We have one more hour to go right here on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.